Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We don't always swear, but when we do, it's on podcasts. Please listen responsibly. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 7 of The Will of the Empress. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's meet our Scarecrow again. Chapter 7 picks up right after Chapter 6. They're all having refreshments with the court. People don't really want to be around Triss because she's scary. Because oh. uh, she does magic. She does big magic. Sandry basically, like, to get out of all of Baronine's bullshit, is like, oh, I'm very sorry. I can't stay long because I have to go tomorrow to my lands. Because you've been telling me that I need to go to my lands. And that's what I came here for. And Baronine's like, okay, well, I'll send some courtiers with you to keep you company. And she's like, but we're leaving at dawn. And Baronine's like, then they'll be there at dawn. This naturally pisses off all of her siblings because she has not said a word to them about this. Yep. And they're kind of tired because they've been traveling for I don't know how long. Remember, Ambrose was like, Sandry really should have a week to rest. And she's been there like a day and she's like, yeah. okay, let's up and go again. The, can you blame her though? I mean, yeah. I also would be done Fair with but all. tired. Just not very considered. Yeah. Well, could have brought it up and say, hey, yeah. I'm thinking about leaving. They head back to the house to like go pack and shit. They're headed there with Shan. And on the way back, this guy runs in front of their horses and freaks everybody out and he's just kind of sputtering nonsense and Shan is like basically ready to kill him because he's offended a noble woman and then Dodge is like wait I know this dude and it turns out that it's our scarecrow from cold fire yay and you were wondering why I liked him so much I just had a feeling she basically like takes him in hand and tells the rest like right on I'll meet you she kind of talks to him and gets his story about how he left Kukisko and has been hiding in beach caves. She was in danger and he tried to alert her, but he hasn't been able to. He doesn't like to go into cities, but 
he knew she was here. And so he came to find her because he, ha- he just had to warn her because she's in danger. He doesn't make total sense, but Dasha kind of tries to like figure it out and go along with it, make sure he's okay, like that he's been eating. We finally get his name, which is Jagors. And then we cut back to the house where Tris and Briar basically chew out Sandry for saying, hey, we're going to leave at dawn. And they're like, we're tired. Bare minimum, we would have liked you to bring this up with us before just announcing it to the whole fucking court. Yeah, Tris lets uh, Ambrose know that they're going to have extra guests with them. And uh, Ambrose is like, well, I'm not very surprised. I'm more surprised that the Empress herself isn't accompanying as well. And Tris lets him know, oh, there's another cousin coming in. He's like, ah, that's why. And then Daja brings Shigors home. They're sitting in the kitchen and he is freaking out and kind of sputtering nonsense, or at least what is nonsense to Daja. Tris comes in and she's listening to all this stuff. And she goes over and she closes the windows. The cooks are very upset because, damn it, they need that breeze. So then she opens the window that is not upwind of Jigors. We start to figure out that Jigors has magic. And it's uh, the same kind of magic that Triss has. We'll talk more about that later in this episode. Or at least part of the magic she has. So basically what we're seeing is what Triss would have become if she would have made it to Winding Circle. Sandry and Briar show up. I think Briar shows up first. They're talking about what are they going to do with this guy because they can't just like leave him. Tris basically at this point is going to have to teach him because they have a shared magic. Briar comes in and offers to like let him room with him and kind of take care of him in a medical sense. Sandry comes in, apologizes for her inappropriate behavior and also meets... Our new friend, they're all kind of a little family for a moment. That night, Briar has more nightmares about war. Jigors wakes him up. They kind of argue about whether or not to take sleep drops. And then finally, Briar is like, okay, I'll make you some sleepy tea and I'll make me some sleepy tea. And Jigors goes to sleep and Briar can't sleep. So he starts working on a shack hen until he falls asleep. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. All right, Um, Indy, when you were about to read The Will of the Empress, I said, there is a part. You need to contact me after this. It was, of course, chapter seven. So I need to hear all about it. I was internally squealing and carrying on like a fucking psycho. (laughs) It, It made me very, very happy. I still think it's hilarious that we both were like, this is our favorite character in this book. And Molly was like, I know why I love this character. Why do you love this character? <laughs> I, I I have a soft spot for crazy people that are sane in Cold Fire. I was just like, this this is the character I really like because it, it is that kind of, and they say I'm crazy. I have a couple of things to add on to that. There was an episode and it's when he says and they say I'm crazy and I wrote in my notes well that's because they know Dodge is a mage and then I read it 
out loud without realizing oh my God. that I wrote that for myself and not for you guys. Oh. And then I had to like backpedal and try and cover it up. I know I did not catch that or, or something. I, I, well, I don't least, think I did either. Yeah. It, if it, you, if you listen back, it, it'll either be chapter 14 or chapter 15. If you listen back, you'll hear me say, well, that's because Dodge is a mage. Yeah, and I, then yeah. quickly follow it up with something in an attempt to cover up the fact <laughs> that I was giving shit away. Yeah, like, Can somebody say foreshadowing? Yeah, right? Um, and that's, that is the other thing about this chapter. Every single chapter of Shatterglass that I was like, there's so much foreshadowing was all leading up to this. Because in Shatterglass... It continuously talks about how people who see things on the winds can be driven crazy. Yeah. Because it's it's hard to keep everything straight. It's hard to follow things. You don't know what you're seeing. You don't know what's real and what's just images on the wind. And it will drive you mad. And I was like, this entire book is foreshadowing <laughs> for chapter seven of The Will of the Empress. In a way... And this isn't really like a, a spoiler because like it happens in this chapter too. He brings about this sort of levity to this really shitty situation. Briar in all of his snark, we we get to see that he's actually not entirely that much of a dick. And we, we yeah. get to see like when Triss goes, when am I not nice? Right? <laughs> yes. Well, nice for me. The, and I just, I, I, I love that we get to see that side of Triss where even though she's kind of being a bully, she's still actually really good with him. Our recap episode where you talked about how uh, you just want the fan fiction where the Scarecrow Man like escapes the asylum and whatever he does. It was very hard for me to to continue recording and to edit. Uh, editing was easier because I could cackle out loud. <laughs> I have to wait an entire book and a half before I get to tell Indy, well, you don't get a fan fiction because there's a canon story. It's <laughs> canon, <laughs> god damn it. This is the only canon I accept. There's <laughs> nothing better than that. And I, I'm excited for the rest of the book. I'm not going to lie. Like this, it just gets better from here. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I think it's hilarious when he tells them, you won't want to adopt me when all your secrets come popping out of my mouth. And then, because uh, he's like, it always happens. And then Briar's like, well, if it happens, and I doubt it will. I'm like, mm, you say you doubt it. That means it's going to happen. <laughs> And they're keeping a lot of secrets from each other right now. They are, and they need and to tell each other. And I feel <clears throat> like having him around is actually going to help them. I love the uh, interaction between Sandry and Jack. Do you want me to lie about liking it? I only ask that you make me miserable. <laughs> I like the line that follows. Something about when you grow up with Briar, you think jokesters are okay. It makes you inclined to like every jokester who comes along. So this one's a dislike. I had a last name once, but my family doesn't like me to use it because they say I don't belong to it like they do. Real talk o'clock. One of the reasons why this, this line 
hit so hard is because I say fairly recently, it's been like the last year. I have a cousin who basically was like, she's not a insert last name here. She she doesn't deserve to be one of us. And like, I, excuse I, me. Yeah, have y'all not heard about? Oh, no, what yeah, the no. fuck? I have I have a, a cousin who was basically like, I don't belong to that family. Like me, I don't belong to that family. My running joke now is. Well, that's good because it's not my last name anymore. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> I just really like how this line is written. Daja had the particular notion that if she looked into his eyes, she would see comets and whirling stars where common sense ought to be. I love that so much. If any of you have ever seen film adaptation of The Secret Garden, there is a scene where Mary is telling Colin a story. So it's the story of Krishna having come to earth as a person and he's like raised by a human family and he's a little boy and he gets in trouble for eating mud and his mom tells him to open, his human mom tells him to open his mouth and then when she looks in his mouth, she sees the whole universe down his throat. And this line just reminded me of that story. That's really cool. Here you will talk like a normal human being or say nothing all say nothing one or the other. The response, what's normal? Yeah. Like, this is both a like and a dislike because like Daja, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, but I also like the retort of what's normal. Yeah. It's You're barking not up the wrong it, tree there. Yeah. It's right. not meant to be like snarky and sarcastic like in the scene like you see that it that's not how it's supposed to be but like yeah. that is the proper answer i yes like, yes what yes, the fuck yes, is yes normal man like you're a fucking smith mage who walks through fucking fire you're one to fucking talk. <laughs> percent. oh my goodness yeah <laughs> You should be scared. Most sensible people are. You're sensible enough, even if you are crazy. Everybody should be afraid of Triss. That's just how it should be. She is the avatar. I really like the imagery it brings up and also kind of the, I'm trying to think of a good word for it, but the kind of depth it brings to Jorgors's character when you just like just the line no doubt it's under layers and layers of magical potions and treatments and being locked up I don't know maybe as someone who is bipolar as hell and hears shit that isn't there and sees shit that isn't there um it's that kind of kinship of insanity the fact that like in modern society it's either it's acceptable for you to be crazy if you're medicated because you're medicated but you should Mm. fix your medications because you're still crazy also how how much are you losing when you're medicated i i know that there's a lot about me that has changed since i've been medicated i can only imagine what it's been like for this man who's been medicated for god knows how long by people who don't know what they're looking at and then there's the the description of like was coated with patch on patch of power different spells from different mages 
the imagery of that is amazing. Like you can, I, I can very vividly see this person who's just a patchwork of spells and other people. He certainly could tell none of them or worse, tell his sisters that he had a horror of sleeping alone. Like, I feel that. This is one of the reasons I'm so clingy with my cat. I don't like to sleep alone, but I don't like to be touched. (laughs) (laughs) He reached out and felt a dying flare of green magic, plant magic. Screaming, he clutched the dying rose thorn to his chest. I will quote again what I told Molly. I have comments, questions, and concerns. (laughs) Is he going to have to save her again, but by himself? There is a line that says something along the lines of what's besides your dreams are bleeding and mine is real, except for some bits, and those might have been real. There's a couple of different uh, implications here. One of them is his brain is spinning these stories to, like, make the nightmare worse. And the other implication is what kind of medic bullshit did he take to like change or erase memories so like there are there are two implications here and i'm definitely interested to see like which one is real and if they're both real if that makes sense i like at the very beginning when briar helps tris up onto the wall and then goes and gets her food it's like oh what a good brother it's so sweet my next one is when Veronine tells Sandry that she's going to send some people with her. And two of those people are Jack and Finn. And Sandry's thinking to herself, oh, why couldn't she at least send Shan? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got a little crush. I still don't trust him, but it's cute. I like that um, Briar and Tris stood up for themselves instead of just letting Sandry treat them like the trash basically like oh you'll do as I say when I say acting kind of like her cousin here but I don't think she realizes how much of the nobility is getting to her and but I also like that Sandry apologizes for it her realizing that's what she's doing good on Briar and Tris for sticking up for themselves Tris flirting with Ambrose is cute Oh no, <laughs> I really like her with Keth, but that's their power side. This, I like her with Ambrose because it's her knowledge side. So I don't know. I'm kind of thing for older men. She does. It's really cute. <laughs> it's hilarious. She's just got a thing for older men. And like, that's fine. At least you're consistent. <laughs> right? I mean, accurate. <laughs> Um, she thinks to herself that she likes this man. She had thought she might. Everything she heard of him from the Duke and from Sandry had spoken well of him. Uh, Sandry called him prosy and picky all the way here, but in her shoes, I'd want someone meticulous and careful looking after my affairs. Someone I could trust check everything. She's not wrong. Spoken like a merchant's daughter. Exactly. I agree with her fully. Like, of course you want somebody like that to be checking on everything because they're not going to miss anything. And you know, you're in good hands with someone like this. Daja says, tells uh, Tris, stop scowling at him. You're, you'll frighten him. Zagoras is like, she's not scaring me. 
I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> He's not sure if she's scaring him or not. It's so funny. Okay, but listen, if Tris was scowling at you, would you would you be a little bit intimidated? Because I, I would mean, be maybe just the scowl, maybe not so much. But if she has like her sparks going and everything, I'd be like, yeah, she's terrifying. I'm kind of sad for Tris because Daja says anyone would sense would be scared of her. But at the very beginning of this chapter, you see how much it makes her sad that people are scared of her. But I don't know. I don't want people scared of me, but I also want people scared of me, if that makes sense. And then I like the part when Tris makes a joke <laughs> in her dry sense of, of humor. When Zagorsk gets scared of Chime and she's just like, that's just Chime. She's all right. She's a living glass dragon. They're not very common. <laughs> like, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. A creature that has never existed before. Yeah, not very common. Not, not very common. And Daja snorts because she's like, that's hilarious. Because Tris made a joke. Coming from anybody else, it would be, wouldn't be very funny. But coming from Tris, hilarious. Dislike whenever Briar tells Jigors, these two are my mates. Not, uh, but not everyone knew <laughs> what mates was. So he's like, my sister's. Oh I God. marked that just for Stop you. Stop it. <laughs> At least it's not no. kids. At least it's not kid. At least it's not kid. At least uh. it's not kid. When Jagorse is waking Briar up and he says, I know it's a bad idea to wake a dreamer, but it didn't sound like you were enjoying yourself. And I if I can't get you to wake up then I'll have to go tell your sisters, basically. But I just mm-hmm. find it funny. Like, well, I know I'm not supposed to wake you up, but you didn't sound like you were enjoying yourself. So, like, that's very considerate. That's very nice. Considerate. Like, yeah, you, you are straight up not having a good time. Let me help you. He's not that crazy. Yeah, no. Briar tells him, I'll plant a bit of green on your lip. That will grow your teeth shut. You got me? And Zagorsk is like, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't believe it would cling. <laughs> He's, He's being very, like, very rational about that. <laughs> Briar is straight up threatening the guy. He's like, mm, I don't think that'll work. I liked the part where uh, Sandry goes to tell Baronine that like, she's going to go check on her estates and for a very long moment, no one spoke or moved. They're afraid, Sandra realized, listening to cues from the people around her. It's that moment when someone, like, fucks up or trips, and everyone, like, turns and, like, looks, and it's like, can we laugh? Can, should we help? <laughs> like, what, what, what's, what's the appropriate response to this? I don't know. This scene got me scared. It rem- reminded me of Lady Zanadia. Yeah, it, it is that same sort of... Uh, power dynamic where everyone's hanging off the leader's words because mm-hmm. they know uh it could go bad pretty quickly oh yeah the part where Zagors is saying voices everywhere in the city's town voices in the air i wrote down Zagors isn't schizophrenic just magical uh the sleepy time tea dude i just thought of the box of sleepy time tea from with the bear on the box oh and uh when uh briar 
is like checking on the shack can and the shack can is like i'm gonna put a couple buds out there and just try to grow a little while briar's distracted and then <laughs> briar's like yeah, i see that just stop it it's like nice but no <laughs> still you still don't get to keep i just love that this tree is like 500 years old but acts like a teenager mm-hmm. <laughs> tries to pull a fast one on him <laughs> I'm wondering at what point does the tree just go hey I am how many times your age I can put out buds if I want to yeah who are you to tell me I can't <laughs> maybe 500 is about the same age as a teenager in tree years it might be actually so that's a good point so Sandry's watching how like the nobility are flinching away from Triss and she's like really you're gonna act like this to her after she saved your lives when uh, she didn't flinch but she kind of did the same thing with the river yeah um so hmm uh on the other hand I also feel like the way Triss approaches Sandry after Sandry says like oh we're leaving at dawn to go to my estates kind of reminds me of the way Sandry approaches Triss after the river and I'm just like Basically, what's going on is they're all refusing to communicate with each other. Then they're yelling at each other for not communicating. It's like, well, I don't have to communicate with you, but you should be communicating with me. And they're kind of getting on my nerves. Kids, am <laughs> uh, I right? I love the way that Sandry like wheedles with Baronine because she wants, she just doesn't want to deal with all this like nobility bullshit. And so the reason that she's like, oh, I need to see my lands is that she's like really just trying to escape all of the court bullshit. And her excuse is like, well, you've been telling me I need to see my lands and to come to Namoran after so many years away and not tend to my obligations immediately. Like she knows how to play the game. And I very much appreciate this. Very clever. Referring to Baronine, she's all sweetness now, but that's not how she's remained the sole ruler of Namorn for 20 odd years. And then because we have to continue with all of the sex imagery, Berenine says, I certainly would like to avail myself of Vinay and Briar's expertise in my gardens. Of course you would. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. I'm sure Dawson? he would love to show her his expertise as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she's too much woman for him. That's okay. <laughs> Daja has to teach Jigors how to eat strawberries. Oh, okay. This just breaks my heart. Like, like this is either because being in and out of institutions has got him so fucked up that he doesn't remember how to eat strawberries, or he's like never eaten a strawberry. And both of those things are incredibly sad. I really like how Pierce describes people, and I'm sure that we've talked about this before, but like describing Jigors, like he rubbed his long bumpy nose his thin lips trembled sprinkles in all of the physical description so we get what he looks like without just block text let me describe him for you i don't remember exactly the line where this is but even before like sandry meets him she just immediately accepts like oh Dodge is going to bring this crazy man home and that's perfectly fine. And she goes to yep. the servants and she's like, Dodge is coming home with a friend. Make sure that there's a room for him. Make him comfortable. 
which is nice because like we have a, a a little bit later briar is asking uh tris and daja because they've just had this altercation with sandry well oh but don't we need to ask her ladyship if it's okay and tris and daja are like we never would have had to ask in the past and like we've already seen that it's not an issue for her Attendance on an empress involved a great deal of standing, even when one was privileged enough to sit in her presence now and then. I uh, I also don't want to be involved in court shenanigans. She sounds miserable. I could go for some more standing, yeah. I sit a lot. Well, next time we'll chain you to a standing desk. Finally, I'm getting some... <laughs> finally, some thought for the ergonomics of my situation. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone wants what I have, and I just want to go home. Like, I don't know. I just really empathize with Sandra in this book as a whole. She kind of gets dumped into a bunch of situations that she's frustrated with. All of them decided Chime was too excitable for their first day at court. Yes. Sounds definitely, <laughs> yes. Ambrose talking to Triss about, he says, I have expected her imperial majesty herself to come call. Me too. But then also, like, his, I, I just like how he's very chill with just, yep, there's more people coming. Okay, well, we got plenty of room at, at the house and the other lands. It's all going to be fine. I like that Tris makes friends with the cook. So both Briar smart. and Tris have made friends with the cook. So yep. smart. I think this bit is really interesting when Shigors is talking about, uh, like, getting out, basically, and how he, like, acts normal to try and trick them. And he's like, they didn't have the kitchen witch look at me. I don't know. Like, this is clearly a reference to Potcracker, which I love because I love Potcracker. And I love the fact that, like, we've already seen from Potcracker, she literally smells magic on people. But it kind of makes me surprised. Like, why didn't she catch it? And I'm Maybe a little bit like... Well, since he's, like, patchworked all up, maybe she can only... Sm- There's so much magic on right. him because... That she can't. Uh, that's that's kind of what it feels Trish like. Trish had to dig through all of it to get to it. So, yeah. So I guess it would depend on like at what point in his history she met him. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, certainly at that point. I just love leading up to because like we finally do get a point where where Tris and Dodge are like talking about Shigors can can hear things on the wind or see things on the wind, and but leading up to it, I love all the little hints. Um. Like, uh, he talks about not liking to go in the cities, and he keeps asking Daja if she's hearing the voices. Like, but don't you hear all the voices? Tris comes over, and they're talking. And Daja's like, wait, you said it's worse in the cities? And then the text tells us both Jigors and Tris nodded. So they're just like both, yes, yes, it's worse in the cities. And so I just love this, like, little moment of empathy. But also, god damn it, Tris! Like, Daja basically asks you outright. She's like, hey, can people see shit on the wind, too? And Tris is like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, my God. Get over yourself. (laughs) You say you empathize with Sandry so much in this book, and I empathize with Tris so much in this book. (laughs) I feel like we have fallen into that pattern again, because I'm just over here like, (laughs) yeah. I relate to Briar so much. (laughs) Uh, Not horny, just sad. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of sad, 
Jigor says, for my birthday, they sent me to Yorgory's house because I talked to the voices. That's so sad. And just to add to it, he then talks about how they'd like let him go home on holidays. And then one day he went home and his family had moved. Just moved. It's so heartbreaking. These people are just terrible. It reminds me so much of Triss. Like, this is what Triss would have been if she would not have been found. This would be exactly what she'd be going through right now. Yeah. Right. (sighs) Just because we aren't in each other's minds doesn't mean I don't know what she's thinking. And then I love the bit where Triss is nibbling on one of her lightning braids and there's like all these sparks and Dasha's watching her and she's just like, doesn't that hurt? That's another one I had highlighted. I fucking love that so goddamn much. <laughs> Friar uses the word kid again. He just doesn't explain it. I, I'm not to know the word kid as long as it doesn't get explained. Although, funnily enough, this one is like, he's basically using it as goat because he says, they're not to know you caught me bleating like a kid. That I'm fine with. As long as they're not explaining the meaning of kid or mate. <laughs> then we're good right that one would make more sense of being explained uh and i really like briar because you brought up this whole like argument that briar and jigors are having where he's like i'll put a bit of greed on your lip and jigors like i don't think that would work and briar says a little bit later just what i need a dafty that makes sense which is mm-hmm. almost word for word what daja says in cold fire yep yes. He's he's got away with these kids. There, there's something about him. Wait, there are goats in this book. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate this is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter what theme or message did you find mine mine is definitely foreshadowing the the shadows have been forward i will there uh, are four shadows one for each of briar sandy tristan dodger the rest of them don't have shadows there it's all green (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) sorry i i sent it i can't say that one but that's that's actually mine Yes, so Andy's theme is foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> there, there's, there, yeah. Hmm. Holy shit. But I wrote secrets. Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, if I have to, if I have to pick one, secrets is definitely because there's a lot of that. Yeah, I wrote secrets because we have Jigoris literally saying, like, oh, you don't want me around because I'll give away all your secrets. And I love the like details of where he's like accidentally revealed people's secrets and they try and get revenge on him. Also, like all these kids are in fact keeping secrets from one another. He's a Maybe she of course needs to be revealing a few. Yeah, mine's foreshadowing because it's foreshadowing a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the future of the book. You can tell <laughs> by the way it is. Uh, uh, secrets <laughs> secrets are going to be told. Baronine is not going to give up easily on uh, keeping... The will, her will. The will is powerful. And I think it's being foreshadowed. You could even say it's being five-shadowed in this chapter. Um, being well, because Jagoris is now there, so now we have the yeah. four kids and Jagoris, so there are five shadows. Mm-hmm. 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 There you go. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I have nothing, everybody. <laughs> Mine I, is... I thought you were being totally honest. It's just like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that, that sounds like it's going to come back. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. But I, I, I don't have anything else aside from those two. So that's it. <laughs> Mine is care. Because you see um, everyone taking care of each other in this one. Uh, especially Briar with like Triss at the very beginning. Um, where he's helping her up onto the ledge and then bringing her food. Daja taking care of Jagoris in this, um, and then all the kids coming together to also help Jagoris as well.
our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Well, I'm going to continue off of mine, I guess, because mine is uh, care, but also self-care. Yeah. There's a part where Jagorth has woken up Briar and he tells Briar, so you'll give me drops for my dreams, but not yours. Briar's like, like we already said, just what I needed, Daphne, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I just want to remind myself that um, sometimes it's necessary to take care of yourself before you can help others, especially when you're trying to help others, but you're not helping yourself and saying, oh, hey, you need this. And you also need it too. So remember, you got to take care of yourself too to be able to help take care of others as well. So self-care. The personal magic that I found was... uh... Give people the benefit of a doubt. Going back to, to Briar being horny again. If you, if you look at it like in a non-magical situation, I guess, and just be like, hey, you know, my like a friend of yours is like looking for comfort in like certain things. Not necessarily sex, but like it could be alcohol. It could be something else. Like it may not be specifically for that reason. There could be other underlying reasons why they're looking for, you know, maybe an escape from something that they're currently going through. You might think someone is a lush or someone like just, you know, is enjoys getting pleasure from other people, but it's not always so surface level going to, to me. uh, When I see someone like speed on the road or something, like I don't always go to like, Oh, this person's just a fucking asshole and just is definitely in a rush. And like, it's not for any, specifically good important reason why they're doing this like i always try to go and be like maybe someone they know was in an accident or maybe somebody like there's an emergency and they have to get back home like their kid got sick at school and they need to go like i try to not always go for that first initial they're doing a bad thing and surely they're bad people i i I try to give people the benefit of a doubt and you know until they prove to me otherwise I always try to make, uh, you know, think that their intentions aren't necessarily bad towards you. There may be another underlying reason why they're doing stuff. Uh, I also find that that tends to make me less upset when people do stupid stuff because it's not always malicious. Sometimes it's just, you know, they're misinformed or, or there's something else going on. But, you know, just try to give people a, the benefit of a doubt. Mine is taken from the great lady thinks she knows the rules to play with you. She doesn't. She doesn't at all. I talk a lot and I'm starting to realize that it's the ADHD because people with ADHD need to stop being relatable or maybe I need to talk to my doctor. (laughs) It is kind of one of those things I need to like rein in that oversharing and like I'm not going to say it gives somebody more ammunition, but there is a song by a, I don't know if it's technically, you can technically call it a band, but it's a guy and it's the Narcissist Cookbook. There's a song called Ghost Stories. And that whole song is basically this person going, why do you love me? And the response is, I don't know. And then it just goes on this like oversharing tangent of I I still want to run away sometimes a lot of the times um, in that stupid little way where I lock myself in my room and 
I get high and I write songs and I hope that they still sound good when I'm sober. And fuck, you asked me a direct question. We are all different in the eyes of others because no one has a full picture of the person that we see every day. And kind of like Goodwin just said, like, you can't automatically think that someone's got the worst of intentions but I know personally because I overshare with people like it it is kind of one of those I need to hold things a little bit closer and not just overshare the fuck out of everything because I know that I get annoying <laughs> I, I don't I mean that in like a, yeah I, I, I was gonna say I don't think of it in like a bad way I just know that I talk a lot <laughs> and I talk over people and I hate that about myself, and I need to work on that. That's that's ultimately, I think, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I do get the whole um, sharing too much does give other people more like like ammunition. Like I I I can kind of relate to that in the fact that like around people I don't know, I tend to keep religious stuff, sexual, gender beliefs like pretty close to my chest anything that could potentially be controversial to someone regardless of what you know side of the political spectrum you're on i just don't talk about it with 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 new people like at all like even after a while like i just will not bring it up i just don't want other people to i i don't know if it's i don't want other people to like have more info on me but just like I don't wish to be perceived as a threat or as a like potential like adversary to someone. Like I I I I just don't like having that out there at all. If you ever if you guys ever go on my social media, I just don't post anymore because I don't like oversharing anything that could be seen as like negative to anyone. I guess it's it's just like a weird. I I kind of liken it back to like fucking uh, Hamilton. <laughs> I, I don't think Aaron Burr is totally in the wrong with, like, playing cards close to his chest and, like, not opening your mouth at every opportunity to let people know what you think. Like, I think it's a lot better to just sit back, let other people talk about how they feel, and you can kind of make the next move into how you want to talk to someone or, or relate to them. Like, it's definitely, for me, it's more comfortable, I feel. I know that I do it, and I can catch that I'm doing it and I can catch the point where I'm like I have talked too fucking much but I can't fucking stop <laughs> when I when I say annoying it's more of it's annoying to me even if it's not annoying to anybody else it is really fucking annoying to me kind of jumping off all y'all I just feel like this chapter it paints a picture of how we treat people who are different and it, it kind of reminds me of a story that my mom told me the other day of being in a public area. There was a person who was acting different and mom just wasn't sure what this person's motivations were and so avoided them and was like, I'm worried that I, like, I did the wrong thing, but I'm not sure what I could do because I was alone. And so I wasn't entirely sure what to expect from them. And there wasn't like anybody who I could ask to like approach this person with me or anything. I also have personally interacted with people 
who in that situation probably other people avoid them or like chalk them out up to being crazy or retarded or whatever term they want to use but because I know these people personally it's easy for me to treat them more or less the same as I would treat other people who are less different it really makes me reflect on that I don't really know what broader lesson exactly is to be drawn the other thing I wrote is communicate because nobody's fucking communicating in this chapter and if they would things would just be better We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter, so this is an excerpt from chapter 8 of The Will of the Empress. The rain continued as they took the road again, still mostly dry under Triss's shield. Now the courtiers were truly awake. Soon everyone but Shigors and the guards were playing silly games like I see and 15 questions. The group continued word games as Ambrose led them off the main road at last onto a smaller, well-kept road paved in stone like the main highway, to keep wagons from making ruts. After another hour, Briar demanded, So when do we get to these precious lands of yours? Ambrose looked back at him with a smile. You are on, Clehamat Landreg, he told Briar. The extended, ex- the extended estate, at least. Grazing and farming lands. We've been riding over them since we left the highway. Briar looked at Sandry. You never said. I didn't remember, she answered. The last time I was here was ten years ago. All I remember was that I was bored to tears. Nobody would play with me. At last, they reached a stone wall that stretched as far as the eye could see. Another road led through a framed stone opening in it. This new route was stone paved as well, but only the center was as well kept as the roads they had followed to get this far. Stones were missing from the edges and stones in the roadway were cracked and broken. As Ambrose turned onto it, he called back, now we're on the landrike lands that are part of the main estate. It was another hour before they saw more than isolated houses or fields green with the spring's planting. Eventually, they came upon a massive herd of cows at the graze, then shepherds and goat herds with their flocks. They passed apple and pear orchards that already showed small green knobs that would become fruit, and cherry orchards where the fruit was starting to turn orangey-red. At one point, Briar reined up and squinted at a distant field where glossy brown animals grazed. That's a lot of mules, he said to no one in particular. Ambrose replied, it's only one herd. The entire Landrake family is famed for the mules we breed in South. It's been a family specialty for more than 200 years, Sandry added with pride. Briar, Triss, and Daja exchanged glances. It was Daja who grinned and said it aloud. That certainly explains more than it doesn't. I'm not listening to you, Sandry told them loftily as the courtiers laughed. Do you notice that I'm not listening to you? She continued. Mark it well. I ignore you. And I feel ignored, said Briar, rejoining them. I am so ignored and unheard that I know it won't matter if I say, why does it not surprise me that the Landregs breed mules? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash readingcircletown. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. 
send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I know we're supposed to do two chapters tonight, but it's already 8.30. We went on way too many tangents, I feel. Yeah, I'm sorry. So many tangents. Oh, it's not just you. It was all of us tonight. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.